I invite you now to stand as we come to the reading of the Word of the living and true God. As we come to our scripture lesson this morning, which comes to us uh, from uh, the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke. As we read verses 36 through 38. Again, hear the Word of the Lord. Now there was one, Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Amen. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, You have given us these words on this day. And God, we pray through the power of Your Holy Spirit that You would apply these words unto Your hearts. That we might live lives of thanksgiving for Your grace. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. As we have spent time uh, this month in the, in the second chapter of the Gospel of Luke, Luke has, as we have seen, very intentionally you know, told us particular stories of the early life of the Lord Jesus Christ. As we talked about last week, we saw Simeon who had long uh, been a servant of the temple. We heard, as he was described by Luke, as a just and devout man. And we heard uh, that he was doing something particular. It was told to us by the Holy Spirit that he was waiting for the consolation of Israel. And having been blessed by this self-same Spirit to be brought into the presence of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus, we heard him say these words from verse 32. Simeon says, A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And we talked at length last week about the way in which the Lord Jesus Christ is this light as the prophet Isaiah had prophesied. This light who would bring the Gentiles who were the enemies of God's people into the family of the living God. And we, we talked about how you know, this must have been a shock for the people in Isaiah's time to hear this. That the Redeemer, the, the, the great priest, uh, the great prophet was going to bring this good news not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles. And here this morning we come to see a story of an, a lady named Anna. You know, and we hear that she is a prophetess. We hear that she's the daughter of Phanuel. But there's something very important that Luke is doing here. You think about why it is that Luke 
gives us this information that Anna was of the tribe of Asher. Now, think about what had happened to Asher. Think about what had happened to her people uh, hundreds of years before we're introduced to Anna. Isaiah, living in the time uh, that he did, we think of the prophets of that age who had, who had heard and had seen the casting out of Asher from Israel. We know that Asher was one of the ten tribes who in the days of the Assyrians had been spread to the four winds. In the days of Judah, there was Judah and there was Benjamin. They were the remnant of Israel. They were the ones whom God had kept in the land. But Asher, Asher had been involved in all the sins of Jeroboam their father. Asher had uh, worshipped other gods. Asher had been given up in those days. But here in Luke chapter 2 we see that a daughter of Asher a daughter of this lost tribe of Israel, is in the city of Jerusalem. And we hear that this daughter of Asher, what is she doing? She served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And after uh, she hears these words of Simeon, it's important to, to remember, this is what Anna is doing as we come to see her this morning. She is listening to Simeon give praise unto the coming of the King of Kings. A light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. This daughter of Asher had heard from Simeon that God's promises was not just for Judah and for Benjamin, but was for the entire nation of Israel. And that's because that promise was grounded in the word that God had given to Abraham. That from Abraham would come a seed. From Abraham would come the glory of the nations. And we see here in Anna, one who is receiving the promise. Receiving the testimony of what God had spoken to her forefather Abraham. You know, almost 2,000 years before. And so as we come to this passage this morning, as we hear these words spoken to Anna, as we see the way in which she responds to what she hears from Simeon, let's remember something else about Asher. Asher was one of the ten tribes of the north. And if you're in Jerusalem, what's north of you? Well, there's Samaria... And then north of Samaria is Galilee. Now think about something that we hear the, 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 uh, the Gospel of John speak uh, from the lips of Nathaniel. Remember Nathaniel, as he hears his brother speak, says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, what's in Nazareth? Or where is Nazareth? Nazareth is in Galilee. Here we have in Anna, a prophetess, this, this one who is going to speak to those who look for the redemption of Jerusalem, another person from Galilee who has come south into Jerusalem. 
And is prepared for the coming of the living and the true God. Prepared for the coming of the Lord Jesus. And it's important that we see something about what God is doing through Adam. One of, the, one, of the, one of the great testimonies of the Christian faith is the way that God uses the weak things of the world to shame the strong. Again, not only is Anna a woman, not only is Anna a widow, not only is she one who is relying upon the offerings given in the temple to survive, but we're also told that she's a Galilean. And it's important, again, to, to remember that Luke is giving us these details, not kind of willy-nilly, not kind of accidentally, but for a purpose. And he wants to teach us something about the nature of the redeeming grace of our glorious God. Again, this God who has come to die for sin, this God who has come to lay down His life for His people. And we're shown uh, through Luke, again, the kinds of people that, that, that Christ has come to die for. And He's come to die for the tribe of Asher. He's come to die for those who have been cast off for their sins, cast off for their rebellion, cast off for their worship of false gods. He's come to die for widows. Come to die for Galileans. Come to die for those who understand themselves to be sinners. You can see something else that Luke tells us about Anna. Much like Simeon, what is her daily life like? And it's told us here that she is one who served God with fastings and prayers night and day. Again, this is one of the things that Luke is doing in giving us these stories of Simeon and of Anna. Of these two uh, people who have been prepared by the Holy Spirit and have prepared themselves for the coming of the King. Again, in, in, in her work as a prophetess, again, we're to understand that she's not a preacher. Right? She is not taken upon an office that is not given for her. This word here, prophetess, is, is understood, again, as one who is proclaiming the name of God. And how is she proclaiming the name of God? We're told here in her prayers. You know, this is her service. This is what God has called her to do in this point in history. One of the things that, that I often hear from older saints is, is, what is God keeping me here for? Why am I still here? I can't do anything. Well, think about what Anna is doing every day. Again, we, we have a testimony here that Anna is of an advanced age. Now, I'm not going to try and do the math because that's not my strong suit in life, but Anna is old. Right? We're told here uh, that she is of a great age. Right? Luke gives us that information. And she'd lived with her husband seven years from her virginity, and this woman was a widow of about 84 years. So she's at least over 90 years old. Because how has the Lord prepared her to prepare the people for the coming of the Lord Jesus? And what is she doing daily? She is praying and she is fasting. And think about how the world looks at the elderly, especially today. We, we, we live in an age that, that, that is kind of opposite of what the Scripture understands 
uh, you know, the old age to be. Right? Our culture, we live in a culture where old age is an enemy. You know, something to be destroyed. Something to be done away with. And I, I spend way too much time watching the news in the evening. and It's amazing to me how many breathlessly joyous stories I hear about some new wonder drug that's going to keep old age at bay. You know, that's going to keep you young. Keep you uh, vibrant. Keep you fruitful. But again, what do we see of Anna? Again, God has allowed her in His providence to spend every day in fasting and in prayer. Again, and what do we see the Scriptures tell us about the power of the prayers of a righteous one? You know, the prayers of a righteous one can knock down the very walls of Satan's kingdom. And we see in the Scriptures example after example after example of those whom the world has cast down as not only unimportant, but unable to do anything as those whom God uses to bring His kingdom to bear. And we, we, we think about, again, not only what God can do with each one of us every day, but again, we need to be reminded of how blessed uh, that time is that God gives to our older saints to spend it in prayer, to spend it in fasting, to spend it in the service of the Lord. It's one of the ways you can encourage older saints is to remind them of this blessed gift that God has given to them. And it's one of the ways, again, we can honor our older saints is to give thanks for their prayers, give thanks for the work that they do every day. Because again, that's something that we see in the Scriptures that is constantly reminding us that we are not of this world. Again, the way the Bible understands the way society should be built could not be more opposite than what we see today. You know, one of the ways in which we see this most, uh, most kind of violently laid out, especially in Europe, is the rise of euthanasia. And this idea that if you reach a certain age, you're no longer worthy of even living. You know, it just costs too much to take care of you, so we will pull the plug, quite literally. And of course, we as Christians understand that to be a vile and wicked thing. And when we, we think about that kind of thing, and we, we, we consider again in our own ways, how are we... You know, not only not honoring the, the, the elder saints, but how are we not encouraging them in this way? And this is something that, that Luke is doing here as he's laying out Anna and giving us her not only her age, but also what she's engaged in from day to day. In this action of uh, the work of fasting and praying night and day. And we see something about the way in which the Lord blesses her at this time. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of Him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. We see as she hears what Simeon had prayed for, the consolation of Israel, as she hears of the glory of God that has come in this babe, in this child, in the arms of Mary. What does she do but to give thanks to the Lord our God? To give thanks for what God has done. Not just for her. But again, notice what she says. 
and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Now, this is the focus of our life, the focus of our heart. And this is what the Holy Spirit has now enabled her to do. All those that she is coming into contact with, what is she speaking to them of? For all those who look for redemption in Jerusalem. Again, the idea here is not just that she is looking for those who have been prepared to accept Jesus. Well, think about the day in which Anna is in the temple. Again, this is the day uh, that Joseph and his mother have brought Jesus unto the temple. But remember what else uh, they were doing there. Again, going back into uh, Luke chapter 2, again, we see that they had come to 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 Jerusalem to present Him to the Lord. It is written in the law of the Lord that every male who opens the womb should be called holy to the Lord. they, They were there to offer this sacrifice. They were there to bring this child who, as again the Word of God says, every male who opens the womb should be called holy to the Lord. And they were there to do these things. And we also are understanding uh, that they're not the only people in the temple that day. Rest assured, there's more than one baby that gets born in uh, the land of Israel in this time. And so there are probably thousands of people in the temple at this time. And they're all there for the same reason, right? To look for redemption in Jerusalem. But think about uh, your average Jew who is there. What are they looking for? Right? They're looking for redemption in the law of Moses. Right? They're looking for redemption in, again, the, the worldly aspects of these promises. And we know that because what does Jesus have to deal with every time He goes to the temple? He has to deal with those who are looking at the wrong things for redemption. Again, think about how many times Jesus has to talk to the Pharisees about how they are looking in all the wrong places for their hope, all the wrong places for their salvation, all the wrong places for their redemption. And here, Anna, having these things revealed unto her, what is she telling everyone that she comes into contact with? And look not unto these turtle doves. Look not unto these sacrifices. Look not unto these works of the flesh. But look unto this baby that I have seen this day. This this child born in a manger in Bethlehem. This this child, this Messiah who has been promised by our forefathers, the prophets. He is calm. He is here. He is ready to die for us. And again, how does Anna know this? It's not because the Holy Spirit has kind of dumped all this information in her brain on this day. And think about something we talked about with Simeon last week. Again, being a just and devout man. One of the things that we can rest assured of Anna is that she was attentive not only to the daily works of the Lord, but she was daily or, or weekly in the synagogue. And as she's in a synagogue, what is she hearing every Saturday? Right? She's hearing the Word of God read. And when she hears the Word of God read, what is she doing with it? Right? She's putting it into her heart. Right? She is not only hearing the Word, but she is applying that Word unto her soul. 
And so when the time comes for the Christ child to be here, she is prepared and she knows what's supposed to happen. Right? She's not ignorant of these days. This daily, this regular work of the means of God's grace is what enables us not only to receive the big information like the coming of the Christ child, but the thing that enables us to deal with the daily trials and tribulations of this life. Again, this is such an important part of growing in the knowledge of the truth. It's again hearing the Word when it's read. When we're not here on the Lord's Day morning, being in daily devotions with the Word of God. Being ready to receive the witness of the Holy Spirit as we read the Word of God. And these things are not trivial. These things are are not accidental. And that's again one of the reasons why Luke gives us the examples of Simeon and Anna at the beginning of his Gospel. You know, this this man who is just and devout, who is waiting for the consolation of Israel. And this this older uh, woman, Anna, a prophetess, daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher. And this woman who served God with fasting and prayers night and day. And they were ready for this moment because they were faithful in the small things from day to day. And they didn't understand fasting and prayer to be a burden upon their heart. They didn't understand being in the presence of God on the Sabbath to be just something else that has to be done. A rote thing. Something that can be missed for the trivial things of the world. And they were faithful in these things from day to day. Because they loved to hear and to be in the presence of the Lord God. And why did they love to be in the presence of the Lord God? Why did they seek these things? Not only in the daily things, but also on uh, the Lord's day in our context. Because again, remember what it said of Simeon. Right? Lord, now let, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Anna, when she hears this, and coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Again, they had been made ready for this day. Again, not in some of the ways that we see in the Old Testament with some of the prophets who were quite literally kind of bronged and given all these things. But because they were daily faithful unto the Lord. They were daily faithful unto the means of His grace. And so when the consolation of Israel came, they already had the ammunition, the spiritual ammunition, to go out and to tell others of the good news of Christ. That the... Redemption of Jerusalem was there. That the redemption of Jerusalem had come. When she hears Simeon say these things, she spoke of Him to all those who look for redemption. Again, in your Bibles, uh, it is in mine, but I'm sure in your Bibles as well, Him is capitalized. Now, why in the world would that be capitalized? Well, it's because she's not going around telling everybody about Simeon. Right? She's not going around telling everybody about some undefined Savior. She's going around telling everyone about Jesus Christ. About Him. 
The one who is the consolation of Israel. The one who is the redeemer of sinners. The one who has come to die. And how old is Jesus at this point in time in the Gospel of Luke? Eight days old? Nine days old? Something like that? But He's here. Even this babe in swaddling clothes. This babe who is being held by His mother. And Simeon blesses Him. He is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. Right? It's not something that He earns over His life. There's not a point in time in Jesus' life where God says, you've done well enough, you've proved yourself, now you get to be the Savior. Now the Redeemer is here. The Redeemer is present. And she's gone around telling everybody about the redemption that has come in Jerusalem. The true redemption is just as the prophet spoke. Again, the promised Redeemer is here. You can think of some of the words that she may have thought of as she is thinking this. You know, from the prophet Isaiah, many people shall come and say, Come and let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us His ways and we shall walk in His paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And this is Isaiah in chapter 2 of his, of his Gospel. Again, the people of God who had read the Word, who had heard the Word, knew these things. And Anna had placed them in her heart. Something we heard of Mary earlier, that as Simeon is blessing him, we hear of Mary you know, putting these things in her heart. And what does it mean when it says that? Well, again, she is placing these things in her heart so that she will remember them. You think of the, 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 the kind of wordplay that's going on there, right? If something is near and dear to your heart, what does that mean? It means you love it, right? You desire it. You want it to be near unto you. And this has been true of Anna throughout her entire life. And there's something else important to consider about Anna. We, we would never say that Anna had it easy. You know, that Anna had an easy life. Not only are we told uh, that she had been a widow for 84 years. Imagine that. She had been a widow for 84 years at this point. And and what was she waiting on but love the Redeemer? And, And why is she waiting on the Redeemer? Because that's her hope. That's her comfort. That's her peace in all these days that she's been without her husband. We're also told, as I said, that she is living amongst the temple precincts. And what does that mean? It means that she doesn't have any family. It means she doesn't have anyone, uh, 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 either child or uh, brother or sister, uh, to help her. She is at the mercy of the offerings that are given in the temple. Again, she is alone. She's by herself. But again, the testimony we have here is of this widow, of this woman who has been faithful to the Lord, uh, not only for the 84 years that she's been a widow, but throughout her entire life. And we think about what has enabled Anna to live this faithful life. Again, to go back once more to this, to this point, what's enabled her to be faithful through these years is that she served God with fast, fastings and prayers night and day. 
And again, someone who is serving God in this way understands their own weakness. They understand that they cannot bear the weight of this world outside of the means of God's grace. As she goes to prayer every day, as she fasts before the Lord, as she does these works of mercy, what do you think she's praying to the Lord about? Rest assured that she's praying for the Lord's comfort every day. You can rest assured that she's praying for the Lord's strength every day. You can rest assured that she's praying for the day that is to come. If you think about what, you know, what, what, what is she longing for at this point in her life? Most assuredly, death is not far away. I mean, especially think of a, a woman of this age in, in those days. It's not like she had access to the kind of care that we have now. You know, her strength, her, her hope, her, her comfort is in the life that is to come. And have now seen the child, the fulfillment of the promise that has come in the Lord Jesus. She can say, just as Simeon did, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. Brothers and sisters in Christ, as we depart this place today, and that question has to be dear unto our hearts. What is our comfort in life and death? What is our comfort from day to day? What is our comfort as we face the trials and tribulations of this life? What is our comfort as we, again, not only struggle under the weight of sin in our own hearts, but under the weight of the sin that we see around us? Again, are we taking advantage of the great blessings that we have to have not only the Word of God in front of us, but to go unto it daily? To be refreshed by it. To be strengthened by it. And to know, again as we read these words from uh, the Psalms or from the prophets or from the writings or from the New Testament, that every word that has been given to us is for our strengthening, for our benefit, for our blessing. Because brothers and sisters, if our redemption is in the things of this world, and those things that are passing away, those, those things that cannot bring us into the peace that Christ offers, then we'll be as those whom the Apostle Paul says, die without hope, who have no understanding of that which comes. So brothers and sisters, especially as we come to this table this morning, may this table refresh our hearts. May we take advantage of this time, of this place, as we gather together in communion with the Holy Spirit in the gift of the Lord Jesus. And may we use this table as Christ's great gift unto us. And let us, like Anna, again look unto the redemption that is found in Jerusalem. The redemption that comes alone through the Lord Jesus Christ the Savior of sinners. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we give thanks again that You have given